0: Uh, I just want to start this uh, my message with prayer here. So, Father, thank you for the ways you have been present in the service already. I'm so grateful, Father. I just pray for your continued uh, voice to be heard today. May the words I speak be the words that you want, Father. I pray that this would be something um, like a key that unlocks something. So, Father, thank you for all you're doing and all you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a couple weeks ago, Miko started his series, What's Love Got to Do With It, and uh, which is love, right? It's everything. Um, and so, I was thinking, what am I going to speak on? I'm not going to piggyback, but I'm, you know, you know how the Lord works sometimes. He's like, go ahead and piggyback. So I'm piggybacking, okay? Uh, What's love got to do with, uh, uh, I should just read, okay? Love looks like forgiveness. I'm going to be speaking on how we can show the love of Jesus by forgiving. And it's something I feel like, you know, it can be really flippant for Christians, We're like, oh yeah, I forgive you, yeah. What does it really mean, you know? Miko talked about how love is practical. Love looks like something. Love doesn't exist without actions. You can't tell that you love someone without doing loving actions. You can't be a hearer or speaker of the word. You have to be a doer. We can't follow Jesus and withhold our love, right? Our whole mandate is to show and be love. If we find something that tells us otherwise, that you can't love this person because they do this, or you can't love this people, pers- people group because they're into this. It's not following Jesus. Hmm. Jesus's love and example looked like something. It felt like something. Sometimes his actions were big and loud like the hem of the garment, when the woman touched the hem of his gar- garment as they're walking through a crowd and he could feel his power leave. Or I always love, in the gospels, it, te- it often says when there was such a big crowd following Jesus that he had to go into a boat in the water and preach at the people <laughs> on the shore. Everyone in the city knew, you know, it was big. Everyone could see, everyone could feel that, right? But sometimes it was quiet. They were hidden, like the woman at the well, when there was no one else at the well but this woman, full of shame, and he was there. It still looked like something. It still felt like something. Of course, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever been in a position (laughs) where you've been, uh, you've done wrong by somebody and they've extended forgiveness? Like, what does that feel like in your body and in your mind and in your spirit? And when you forgive someone that's done you wrong, what does that feel like? Forgiveness is the same way. It looks like something and it feels like something. Except I would argue that most of the time it looks and feels quiet or hidden. This November, Miko and I will be married 10 years. Woohoo. And I can say that us asking for forgiveness has gotten quicker over the years, you know? in the beginning of a you know, relationship or friendship, whatever, sometimes forgiveness can be like this big ordeal. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. I forgot this event, I'm so sorry, you know? Really big, drawn out, huge ordeal, you know? But now, it's fast, it's quick, it's meaningful, it looks like something. Sometimes it's an act of service. Sometimes it's as simple as just turning our hearts towards each other. The Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, is Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and what? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? It's quick. It's, it's almost like a list is how I see the Lord's Prayer. Like, here are the things to say. Here's how you pray, right? Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Kind of a basic requirement. Does not it mean it's not meaningful, right? Just because it's quick. We get in trouble when we try to make our act of forgiveness towards each other a big celebration or display. I'm so sorry, I forgot, (laughs) you know. That just becomes performative if I stood up here. Lori, I'm so sorry, I did, you know. Just performative. (laughs) Exactly, just causes up more problems. It shouldn't look like, look like a firework show when we forgive someone. If it's just performative, the heart behind it is lost and muddied. First Corinthians 13.1 says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophet, Ooh, boy, howdy. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, And if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have, I gain nothing. If I perform all these things and lack love, I'm just a clanging gong. I'm just noisy. No one wants that. I have enough noise in my life. I don't want to add to it, right? If my love does not have actions attached that look like something and feel like something, it loses all meaning. It loses its worth. It doesn't matter. Forgiveness is a mandate just like love. We show love by showing forgiveness, extending forgiveness to others. We love because he first loved us, Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. It's good, right? Here's the, here's the kicker here. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that position. He's already paid the price. It's foolish of us to not Take it. He's already forgiven us. We should not wait for someone to forgive us before we forgive them. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. We have to be the ones to choose the path of forgiveness and freedom. We've got to let that be our choice. and not dependent on another person. I have a friend who went through a divorce, and there was some harmful things that happened, and my friend chose to turn to Jesus. My friend chose forgiveness. So they went to the, uh, the, their ex and asked for forgiveness and they shared that with me and my jaw was on the floor I was like how could you <laughs> and in that moment I realized I was sitting over here acting second and third party offended how can you forgive them do you know what they did did you see that was painful But seeing my friend who was the primary person affected extend forgiveness and come to a place of peace and freedom for themselves made me realize that I needed to do the same. Luke 23, 34, says, uh, Jesus said, Father, forget, he's on the cross dying, like literally dying. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Again, forgiveness does not require the other party to realize their wrongdoing. It doesn't require that. The people who were killing him didn't know who he was. They didn't know the implications of what they were doing. Like, how many times in our lives have people done us wrong and like, they will never, some people will never know the extent of the harm done until glory, maybe. We can't sit around waiting for, the, for whoever's offended us to come weeping and gnashing their teeth and saying, I'm so sorry, it might not ever happen. That shouldn't stop us for extending, from extending forgiveness to them. you know, the the phrase, um, you know, forgive and forget. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of what we've seen or what I've seen on a big, I'm making a big sweep here, like with Christians. Like, oh, I forgive you, but I'm going to leave you over there. Okay, bye, forgive you. And to me, that's sort of the mindset of like, forgive and forget. They're out of your life. Whatever. Good riddance. Bye. But really, it's forget and release. You have to release That, asking for forgiveness and separating yourself from the situation brings freedom. Forgiveness is freedom and love and a choice. Releasing others not just brings about freedom for you, but with the Holy Spirit, it should allow your eyes to see the other person with more compassion and empathy and love. It helps you to love them. When you're stuck in unforgiveness, you see, whatever, you see this person or situation cloudy because you're, you know, we get so stuck on like, well, they did me wrong here, and this is how I feel about it now. Or when we forgive them, you want them to win. I don't want to wish ill will against anybody, but you know when you're hurt, you're sometimes... Kind of goes out the window. You're like, I wouldn't mind if they tripped a little bit. I've felt that. But truly, we should want everyone to still feel the love of Jesus. Hmm. When you don't forgive someone, you tie yourself to that person, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. The Lord gave me a picture of adding, like, you know, if you don't forgive one person, it's like um, the ball and chain, like, around your ankle. So you're walking, you're like, okay, well, whatever, there. It's there. But, you know, after a while, you don't, it's just, you're just dragging it. You don't realize it. You know what I mean? Like, if you walk with this dragging behind you for years, you'll get used to the weight. Like, your, your muscles will accommodate for it, and you'll be carrying it. you may wonder, why am I stuck? I'm in the same place I was years ago. I haven't moved, I haven't had movement in this area of my life, not realizing that you're carrying all this weight of unforgiveness and all these people behind you that, like, are years ago, like, the situation happened years ago. I know for me, there was, I had a friend, and, uh, there was, I don't want to say an altercation, there was an event. (laughs) And, uh, I felt terribly wronged by it. I felt like this person wronged my family. felt like this person wronged my children. And I was just carrying this person around, not realizing it. Because I did the whole forgive and forget. Oh, yeah, I forgive them, sure. Yeah, but they're over there. They don't even live in the city, so I don't even have to think about them. But truly, I had this moment where the Lord dropped, dropped in me, said, you have a soul tie with this person. You need to cut that. You need to forgive them because they're probably never going to say I'm sorry. And that's okay. And literally right there, I was in the shower as, you know, these moments come. And right there, I was like, Father, I release any soul tie. I forgive this person for everything they did for all the wrong that I felt they did to me. And I kid you not, I felt so light. I didn't even realize I didn't even realize that weight I was carrying around for years. Whatever you're fixed on is where your is. Uh, sorry, whatever your eyes are fixed on is what you become and where you go. Like, have you ever heard you know someone say, "I'll never be like my mother"? you're still focused on your mom. <laughs> and there's a healthy way to do that. Say your mom's a, a drug addict or something. You can say, "Well, I'm not going to touch drugs." Okay, that's healthy, okay? But whatever you're fixed on is where you're going to go. We got to focus on what we do want and the direction we do want to go. Forgiveness gives us freedom. <laughs> Unforgiveness also leads to shame. That's fun. (laughs) When you leave unforgiveness unchecked and let it fester longer and longer, keeping it hidden, like I did. I did forgive and forget, but all it was was I just shoved it down or threw it somewhere in a corner. It just grows. And the longer you don't forgive someone, the more justifications you can be like, well, that was a long time ago. I'm not affected by it. Of course I forgave them. Until some, new, some memory comes back and all those original hurt feelings come back and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not as resolved as I thought I was. You know, we're really useless when we're filled with shame. Shame. And we're not compelled to expose it and deal with it. Hmm. Shame can lead to bitterness. You know that fruit of the Spirit, right? Wait, no. Bitterness is not good. I know you guys have probably heard the phrase, bitterness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. Heard that first from you, Marilyn. (laughs) But that's so powerful. When you have that bitterness, you're not letting go of something that happened to you. And that's vital for us in our walk and to be able to show love. We can't show love if we're still caught up with all the junk in the past. Forgiveness is what now? Freedom. For now and for later, baby. Matthew 7, 2 says, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's similar to the other verse. But again, I don't want to be in the position where I'm sitting here judging somebody because look at the things you did and look at the harm you caused. And because of that, I'm not going to extend forgiveness. I'm going to judge you because you're a terrible person. All that's going to happen is all that's going to come right back on me which came first who forgives first jesus forgave us before we even existed before we even did anything bad again if others choose not to forgive us that doesn't matter we don't we don't account for other people we account for ourselves we can't let that become a place for us to become offended and not extend forgiveness because someone else won't ask us for forgiveness Matthew 8 21 through 35 says then Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow uh, servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from, from your heart. And isn't that the way of it? You know, the Lord forgave such a great debt of ours. He paid it in full. And yet we have the audacity to judge others, and to not extend forgiveness to them. Hmm. There's an old Donnie McClurkin song where... He's, he's talking in the middle of, or it be before a song or something, and um, I heard it as a kid, and it always stuck with me, and he goes, we can't get so advanced that we forget about the cross. And I was like, you know, as a kid, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know he died, yeah, yeah. But truly, it's like we can't forget, we can't get stuck there, right? Like we can't let, but we can't forget the, um, the depth of that forgiveness, of that pre-forgiveness I'm going to read from Ephesians 4. Um, let's see, where do I want to start? I'm going to start with verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful shame- scheming. <laughs> Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardening of their hearts. That reminds me of, in Matthew 24, verse 12, it says, because of the increased wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Growing cold and hardening of our hearts, that's, not, that's what unforgiveness will get us, is a cold, hard heart that's useless Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you, le- when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in-, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ god forgave you it really forgiveness in this season really does for me feel like a key and maybe it's the key to unlock you know, the ball and chain picture he gave me earlier. But it just feels heavy and important that we really ask the Lord who, if there's someone in our life, if there's people, places, things, (laughs) nouns, you need to forgive in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, deeper levels, that's true. Uh, In 2020, at some point, my mom found this phrase, (laughs) I don't know where, but love is an endless act of forgiveness. And she proceeded to type it out and print it out. And at one point, it was like everywhere in her house. like It was just like a mantra, love is an endless act of forgiveness. Love is an endless act of forgiveness. And uh, it really is, to forgive is to love. We're in the love and forgiveness game for the long haul. 77 times over and over and over to you and you and you and you and you. We have to forgive like there's an endless supply because there is an endless supply. It's not if I, for, if I extend you forgiveness, then there's less forgiveness for me. Like, we, we have an unlimited amount of forgiveness, so we can give it out, give it out, give it out, and we're still filled to the brim. We're still forgiven. So we can give it out and give it out and give it out and give it out. So I want to give space right now to ask the Lord if there's someone that you need to forgive and what it looks like for you specifically and for that specific person. Yeah, so Father, I just pray that you would continue to open our hearts and minds to hear your voice. Father, I pray that we can have the grace for ourselves, that we can, we know that any shame that we feel for any any person that we haven't forgiven, that that shame, Father, it's on it's on the cross. You died for that. So I, fa- Father, I pray for a revealing of who we need to forgive in our lives, and not for them, but for us for freedom and because you've told us to. In Jesus' name, amen. And as this week goes on, I encourage you to continue the conversation. Because, as Lori said, sometimes there's a deep, you know, you've forgiven someone and you really have, but there's a deeper level. They touch something in you that you didn't realize they were touching. I feel like I want to touch on the whole thought of forgiving ourselves, because that's important too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I can have some pretty toxic, uh, what is that called, inside voice, or what's that called, inner voice, whatever. And like I've got to forgive myself for that too, because that's not helpful. And again, any shame that we feel for not forgiving others, or for holding on to them, or really not releasing them, we've got to forgive ourselves. I'm going through the story of David in my Bible reading right now. And as you know, David did some pretty crazy stuff (laughs) that affected his family, affected him for the rest of his life. But he's a man after God's own heart, right? He asked the Lord for forgiveness. He begged for mercy. And then he changed he changed his ways, right? And sometimes it's ourselves that's holding us back because we feel like we haven't measured up or have messed up too much. And really, the truth of the matter is, you probably did mess up and probably didn't measure up. <laughs> but nothing's outside of his grace and forgiveness, right? If the Lord of the Universe forgives us, we need to be able to release ourselves from the mistakes we inevitably make. Every now and then, I'll be listening into the TV shows my kids are watching, and Daniel Tiger—he's really big on like emotional intelligence, which I really love. But um, one song—I heard the song once, and I was like, "That is, I will sing it forever." But it's okay to make mistakes. Try to fix it. Forgive and learn from it, too." I said, whoever wrote that song, that's a good one. But, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. Try to fix it. (laughs) Do what you need to do, forgive. Ask for forgiveness, whatever it is, and learn from it. Maybe next time you won't do the same thing. Yeah. So I think that's about all I have. (laughs) I'm going to pray, and then if you want prayer, we'll be up here to pray with you. So, Father, thank you so much for your presence, for your guidance, for your wisdom, for your love. Without it, we would not be here. We could not function. Father, help us to be good conduits of love and forgiveness, that the world would see our example and know, oh, they must follow They must follow God. There's a higher thing here. There's something different. Give us the boldness and the bravery, the courage to be able to forgive. Give us the courage to forgive ourselves as we forgive others and show your love to them in a way as great as the love that you show to us by forgiving every one of our sins when we ask, Father. Let's pray for a continuing softening of hearts and minds as we turn our love and affection to you. And pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.